everyone. Thanks for joining us for this challenge series called Heroes and Villains. In this series, we're looking at lesser known people in the Bible who made an impact on the world in either a positive or a negative way. The foundation verse for this series, Micah 6.8, which says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So we're going to look at 12 different characters in this series. Mm -hmm. The first four who act justly or very evil. The second four, they love mercy or they take revenge. And the final four will choose to either walk humbly with God or they'll yeah. be consumed with pride. Our goal in this series is to learn through their examples, both good and bad, how to be a better disciple of Jesus. So if you're ready, let's dive in. Hey, welcome back everyone to the fifth episode of our Heroes and Villains series. Now this week we begin a new focus for people who either showed mercy or took revenge. In this episode, we're going to look at the life of a lady named Abigail. We can find her story in 1 Samuel 25. Now Abigail lived during the same time period as King David, the most well-known king of Israel. And she was married to a rich man named Nabal, and they lived in the desert of Paran at a place called Carmel. Abigail was a beautiful and intelligent woman, but her husband Nabal was a mean, hot-headed man. Now, as our story begins, David is in a really tough spot in his life. He had been anointed as the new king of Israel, but his predecessor, King Saul, was still alive. Saul hated David, and he had tried several times to kill him. It was after one of these attempts that David and his men decided to move to the desert of Paran to hide. Now, as they traveled through the desert, they came to the place where Abigail and Nabal lived there in Carmel. And they found shelter in the hills where Nabal's herdsmen kept their sheep. So now, since David and his men were honorable guys, they watched over the herdsmen and the flocks and they protected them so that no harm would come to them or their flocks. And this went on for quite a while. Now, when shearing time came, David sent 10 young men to Nabal, asking him to share some food with them in gratitude for taking care of his herdsmen and his flocks. But Nabal being the self-centered jerk that he was, he threw insults at David and he sent the young men packing. This didn't go over too well, and when David heard about it, he was furious. He rounded up 400 of his men and he told them, hey, strap on your swords because we're going to war. And they took off after this guy and all of his men, and he was going to take them all out. Now, in the meantime, one of the servants who saw the whole thing go down, they went to Abigail about how Nabal treated David and his men, and he explained the whole thing to Abigail, the situation, and he told her, you need to know this and figure out what to do, for there's going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. Now, Abigail, being the wise lady that she was, she acted quickly. And so she gathered up a bunch of food and meat, and she took off into the desert to meet David and his men. When she found them, she jumped off of her donkey, and she fell down before David on her face in the dirt. And she said, I accept all the blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. 
I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please do not pay attention to him. Then she gave David and his men the food that she had brought. Abigail went on to say a few more things, and David listened to all that Abigail had to say. And then he responded, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. Then David turned around and he went home. All right, so let's talk about Abigail. Okay, first of all, um, love this story. Loved um, how you broke it down. I also think it's super funny because, I mean, we're all thinking it. How many times have we been like so hungry we want to fight somebody? So I know that's yeah. not what it's about. I know that there's more to it, but I think we all had or to hangry. Hang- yeah, hangry. Exactly. Maybe this is where the first hangry situation recorded in history, right? It might be. Yeah. So be. I that was super funny to me. But um I I wanna I wanna look at three different people in this. Um, okay. because I mean I've read the story before, but mm. it wasn't until this study that I thought about this from three different perspectives. Okay. okay. So, yeah. Um, all I right. I want to hear it. Yeah. Well, first of all, David, like, let's look okay. at just his character in that. Um, God had anointed him to be king. He wasn't king yet. Right. God knew David's character. Mm-hmm. David, his character was still shining through because he's hiding out with his I mean, he had like 400 plus men. Like uh, Actually about 600. 600 men. So like, yeah. this is like a town. You know? Right, yeah. He's got small, this whole town. Got a small town with him. That they're hanging out and they, they where, where it's located on the map, from what I've seen, is that where the sheep and these servants were at and these shepherds, mm-hmm. right. they were high target to thieves and and. People coming and stealing those, you know, stealing sheep, stealing supplies, all that. And so David and his army, literally, Mm -hmm. protecting them was huge. Now, David never went to this man and said, I'm going to cut a deal with you. He never sent a bill. No. He did it because it was right. Mm -hmm. He had nothing to gain from it. He just brought in an army. And because there were people, hear me on this, okay. who were vulnerable right. and susceptible mm-hmm. to attack and to being killed and robbed, he did what was right with yeah. no expectation of anything in return. Right. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Because sure. we all like, I'll do it, but what's in it for me? There was no what's in it for me in David in this moment. He just did it because that's the kind of person he is. His character right. that he operated in when he was a shepherd. Is mean, what, he knew. He knew the danger that these guys Absolutely. Were, um, in, absolutely. You know. And you think 600 men is a lot, but they had armies that were like pirates. You know, they would mm-hmm. come in and they would just... Yeah. Completely sneak in from the back and, and destroy right. everything, right? right? Yeah. So I love that. He did it with no expectation. And then yeah. when Abigail comes to him and she explains all this stuff, 
He forgives her, but then he says something super powerful, and you you said it. He said, mm-hmm. "Go in peace." Yeah. And I thought about this: How many times have we forgiven someone, or somebody's forgiven us, mm-hmm. but we don't follow that with peace? Like a, a perfect example: Like I've done something stupid, which you know happens all the time, yeah. do something <laughs> dumb, and I ask for forgiveness. It's, I forgive you, but then I don't have peace because I'm wondering, am I really forgiven? Why was I so dumb? Why didn't yeah. I, why did I do that? Do I need to talk to them again? Like, is right. it really or you resolved? heard the words, right? You, you heard, heard the words, it. I forgive you, but you're not really confident. Not confident in it. But for David to say, I forgive you, mm-hmm. go home in peace. Yeah, that's powerful. It's so powerful. And it was a complete resolution. Mm -hmm. It was resolved. Yeah. Like, I forgive you. Don't, I don't want you to worry about it anymore. When you wake up in the morning, I don't want you to wonder if I meant Mm -hmm. it. I don't want you to ever fear for your family. Like, this is done. Closed. Close the book. Close the book. I'm not thinking about it anymore. If we pass each other at the grocery store, I'm not going to side eye you. Like, it's mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Right. And I just thought, oh my goodness, how many times have I said I've forgiven someone, but I still hold on to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how many times have I tried to receive forgiveness, but I didn't take that peace on? I just thought that yeah. was so powerful. Again, it goes back to his character, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he it says, I forgive does. you, but I'm going to take it a step further. Mm-hmm. It's done. Yeah. It just it's it's completely done. So I love that. Then the next is he didn't have a name. It's the servant that came to yeah. warn Abigail. Yeah, I don't I don't find a name anywhere. Okay. What I love about this, they had a lot of servants. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people that were staying out there being protected by David and his men. Right. It wasn't just one the one little measly shepherd out there watching all no, the flocks. There were so many of them. Mm-hmm. So many working for David. I mean, for, uh, for Na- Nabal. Nabal and yeah. for uh, Abigail. Abigail. Right. One person. Mm-hmm. One person came. And I want, I want to talk about that for just a second because yeah. obviously from the description of Abigail, and when you read on about who Nabal is, this guy was hot-tempered. He was, mm-hmm. he, I mean, it, they just, the Bible describes it as he wasn't easy to talk to. So there was no discussion there with this guy. Like he was just my way or the highway. Absolutely. Just incredibly, Absolutely. Yeah. incredibly bullheaded. So this little servant guy, mm-hmm. his life was in danger by going to Abigail. His life was in danger by not because David was coming to kill all the men. Yeah. I mean, I think he knew that too. You know, like, hey, look, I'm dead one way or the other, maybe, but I'm going to take my chances and and at least talk to Abigail. And pursue peace. Yeah. Right? Do you see the thread here? It is. It's yeah. that there's, I'm, I'm going to do what's right because this is the only hope for peace. Mm-hmm. So he risked it, risked it for a biscuit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And he came, he came to Abigail and was like, you need to know this. Yeah. This is what's happening. And so I absolutely love that. And then Abigail. Um, we know how she feels about her husband's character. She tells David all about it. Right. This is the kind of man he is. Like, listen, I know. But when the servant came to her, first of all, she listened to him. 
Mm-hmm. And then she wasted no time. She got up. She began to gather food. She began to cook. And I want you to mm-hmm. understand that this is during a time where it wasn't like, hey, can you run to Kroger and get a couple briskets? <laughs> like yeah. they had to slaughter sure. these animals. Sure. They had to right. prepare. They had to go to the fields. They had to get all of this stuff and then make this food. Yeah. Right. And you're thinking about it, we're talking 600 men. It wasn't a small amount yes, of food. Yes, this isn't, we're running down to Olive Garden and getting a meal for 30. No. This is like, <laughs> yeah. no. can we just cater this little Like This is a lot of food, a lot of work, right. So, which undoubtedly cost a small fortune, right? Mm-hmm. So she prepares all this food. She's hurrying. She's doing all this. She gets on a donkey, and I love this. She goes to meet David. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this. How often when something in life happens, we just wait and hope it resolves itself. Yeah. Like, ooh, maybe I won't have to pay consequences. Maybe I'll be able to fly under the radar. Mm-hmm. Maybe, just maybe, they'll change their mind. Yeah. Maybe they won't come collect. Maybe they'll forget about it. Right. Knowing that we have a part to play, mm-hmm. how often do we want to pretend like it didn't happen, right? Sure. So she didn't, she went like that. That was not her character at all. No. She went full force face to face with the one coming after her family. I mm-hmm. think it's important to note that her life was never in danger. No. When it you wasn't. study it out, David was coming after all the men. And he actually mm-hmm. said to her, if you hadn't come and done what you did, mm-hmm. your husband and every man in your household would be dead in the morning. Right. Not her. No. And she could have been like, hey, I'm not guilty. But the very right. first thing she says to him, she jumps off that donkey. She throws herself into the dirt after she's cooked for 600 men. Mm-hmm throws herself in the dirt and she said, put the blame on me. Yeah. Put it on me. What a stellar lady. Absolutely. I own this. This is, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. She didn't say, dude, I'll tell you where he's at. Just make sure me, me and my kids are okay. She said, put the blame on me. Mm-hmm. And she owned it all. And then she presented him with the food, knowing that it wasn't her fault. Mm-hmm. She sought peace. Yeah. She sought peace when she was justified in seeking revenge. Yeah. She sought peace when she was justified in throwing her hands up and going, hey, this isn't me. It's yeah. not me. Not my fault. Not my fault. This no. is, you know what? He, he's going to have to make the bed or lie in the bed he made. Like, that's the mm-hmm. way it is. Yeah. But she didn't do that. Don't you think she was thinking about all of the other people? The people that didn't. That we're going to pay the price because of Nabal's yeah, actions. Wow. Yeah. You know? Somebody else, these these guys are all going to die because Nabal was a jerk. Right. And I got to stop that. Yeah. Honestly, let's be honest. How many times in life when there is, I mean, we're, none of us have ever been in a situation where somebody's coming after everybody because <laughs> we didn't give them a sandwich or something, you know? But <laughs> the the reality is... When there is a turmoil, when there is opposition, how quickly are we to be every man for himself? Even in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. 
oh, you do you, I'll take care of me. Like, and that's, that's not the character of God at all. And you see that played out in Abigail's life right here, right? Absolutely. So the, the funniest part of the story, which we didn't even cover, but I have to real quick, because I just think it's so (laughs) funny. Uh, I knew you were going to get to this. (laughs) Yes. Like, so she leaves David, David's like, go in peace. And she's like, cool, thanks. And she gets home. (laughs) And this is so bizarre to me. And like, I don't, I don't understand. I would be like, what, what is happening? She gets home. Her husband is having the biggest party that um, the Bible describes it as a party fit for a king. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of person, what kind of man throws a party in his house fit for a king with this giant feast with all these people? And it doesn't even recognize that his wife isn't even there because she's <laughs> on a donkey with some people right. taking food to 600 other men. Like this is the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest dynamic ever, right? Like that's right. weird to me. Obviously they did not have a very close relationship. <laughs> but can you, yeah, exactly. So she comes home and knows that she has to do the honorable thing and she has to tell him what she did. Yeah. Which had to be scary. You know? Sure. Because he was a hothead. Right. But she walks in the house, and the Bible says that he was really drunk. Right. Drunker than Cooter Brown. The Bible doesn't say it, but that's what, you know, he's very drunk. Right. And so she decides, "Mm, maybe this isn't the best time for this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, So she waits until he's sober the next day. She tells him. He wakes up, probably very hungover, wakes up, and she says, hey, you need to know something. Mm-hmm. While you were having this party, I was feeding 600 men. They were coming to kill you and all the men. It was the right thing to do. It was a noble thing to do to protect you. I put it on me to protect you and every man in this household. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that he became like stone steel. Mm-hmm. Basically, he had like a stroke, right? Right, yeah. Some, he something. He right? seized up and right. w- like was in bed, completely still, unable to move, and he died 10 days later. Mm-hmm. And from that news, and I, I just think that there's something about when you walk in character, when you do the right thing, it affects your health. Mm-hmm. When you don't, it affects your health. When you're yeah. full of anger, when you're when you're not forgiving, when you're full of hate and full of um, just revenge, it affects your health. Science mm-hmm. has proven oh, that. Oh, yeah. You know? Absolutely. So this man Absolutely. is just, uh, who knows why he just like freaked out in that moment. Maybe it was just too much, but it just pop. And yeah. he died. Right. Ten days later. Then David married Abigail, made her one of his wives. Yeah. And I think that that, you can say, oh, that's, this is like Jerry Springer. I mean, no. But what is amazing is he saw her character. Yeah. He saw you did this when you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. You you pursued peace when you didn't have to. You owned someone else's stuff to protect them when you didn't have to. And mm-hmm. it just shows her character, right? Right. Yeah. Which For is sure. pretty amazing. Which all that's a side note. Going back to what we what my thoughts were on what you taught was there was a thread of pursuing peace, being a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. So what's our challenge? I mean, like, I know that this is 
to me, this is just such a cool story. But what what's the challenge in all this? Well, I think the challenge is to be a peacemaker this week, to find a, you know, to to step in maybe in a situation where you wouldn't have to. Right. Um, you know, maybe. That's the hard one though, right? When it's not your problem. Right. To right. step well, in. Well, I think and- the other, I think the other part of, of it is maybe you step in when you don't want to. Yeah. You know, like when you think about Nabal, I mean, being the jerk that he is, we, we all have people in our lives that are hard to deal with. People that we don't necessarily enjoy being around. Right. And so to, to step in and be a peacemaker isn't necessarily something that we want to do. Right. You know, it's like they deserve what they're getting. Right. But to be a disciple of Jesus, it's it's part of our job or part yeah. of, of our calling. Maybe not even just for us, but for the sake of others, like mm-hmm. Abigail did for all of those other people who were innocent. Yeah. You know, so that's good. I mean, Absolutely. I can think of some places um, this week that I could, I need to. Yeah, me too. Go and and um, be a peacemaker. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be a good challenge. Definitely. I think is. it's a great challenge, actually. So I can't yeah. wait to hear what other people are doing. And wow, can you imagine if we all just pursued peace? How? Wow, yeah. How amazing. It would be a different world, for sure. Yeah, for so, sure. Very for cool. sure. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for joining us again for another Heroes and Villains yeah. episode. And we look forward to seeing you here again next week. Yeah, have a great week. <laughs>